Hello, folks, and welcome to the Knickknack Podcast, Season 11, Episode 33, and I'm calling this one Rottenberry because uh, I've been reading Star Trek The 50-Year Mission, and it sounds like Rottenberry might not uh, be all that he's cracked up to be. I'll talk about that. Uh, and a couple other things, so grab your favorite beverage, grab your favorite tobacco product, if you so indulge, and we'll get started. Star Trek The 50-Year Mission, um, and it covers from Next Generation up to the movies, um, the new movies, that is, the movies that I don't count as real Trek. Uh, it talks about the different phases, and um, it's really interesting. It sounds like the first couple years of Next Generation were really rocky from a writing perspective, um, and being sort of a writer... Um, that connects with me and really makes me wonder about what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, irregardless of what was going on behind the scenes, you look at Next Generation, its first couple years, yeah, we're a little less than ideal. Um, but in my perspective, from my perspective, uh, Next Generation is gold and DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise. Uh, never mind Discovery, which I absolutely hate, and the new movies, which I absolutely hate. Uh, they can't touch Next Generation. And while I appreciate the original series for what it is, I will always be a Next Generation Star Trek fanboy. Uh, That's just the way it... I, I think it was simply a factor of the time when I started watching Star Trek. I can remember watching Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, or my dad watching it more accurately, from a very early age. And that formulated... Uh, how I connected to Star Trek. So, um, you know, from what the, from the accounts in this book that I'm getting of Rottenberry, um, um, it sounds like he wasn't the ideal person. It sounds like he was very stubborn. It sounds like he was very uh, racist at times um, and just doesn't sound like a very good guy. Uh, to work for, um, and that doesn't detract from his, his vision. I'm likening this to uh, my newer understanding of John Lennon. Um, you know, I idealize the man uh, just like I do Rottenberry, um, and uh, you know, I I like the visions that they created. You know, you can juxtapose uh, the lyrics of Imagine with some of the ideas of Star Trek, uh, and they mesh very well together. Um, so there's this kind of idyllic world that everybody wants to live in and everybody, you know, almost universally says, yes, that's a good idea. I like that idea. I find that really attractive. Yes, I want to live that, live in that world. Um, but that does not necessarily mean that the person that created the idea or, uh, articulated the idea really, because these guys didn't necessarily create these ideas, but they express them in a way that 
uh, people found almost universally appealing and universally connected with. Um, so just because these guys created beautiful things does not necessarily mean that they were beautiful people on an interpersonal level. Um, and that's something that doesn't really, um, I don't know, it doesn't necessarily jive with, uh, you know, the way we want to think, you know, we want to think, oh, well, this person was a really inspirational person, a really creative person, um, and that makes them worthy of worship, um, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily turn out to be the case, people are people. Um, and people are inherently imperfect, and as much as, you know, you might look at the Star Trek ideals, and, you know, in the 24th century, people don't have interpersonal conflicts, well, how realistic is that? Uh, probably not very realistic, uh, especially the way the world has unfolded in the last, uh, 30 years, um, yeah, it's been 30 years since, uh, Next Generation came about, about, um, what Star Trek started around 68 don't quote me on that um so we're talking 50 years maybe 60 um so yeah that's um you know long-standing old things um by today's standards but uh you know in 60 years we haven't made much progress what makes us think that we're going to make that much progress in 400 years, uh, especially with the trajectory that we're on. Um, you know, we're, if you look at the world right now, there's a lot of um, old ideas from World War II from the 30s uh, resurging themselves, um, alt-right or Nazis being a big factor these days. Um, Donald Trump representing a lot of retrogression, in my humble opinion. Um, and, you know, we're dancing with North Korea and, you know, preludes to nuclear war. It's the Cold War all over again. So, um, you know, apparently people haven't studied history because we're repeating our history again. Um, and that really doesn't, uh, that really doesn't jive with uh, John Lennon's ideals or Gene Rottenberry's ideals. Um, so, you know, it's, it's... It's frustrating because I do feel like, you know, the human humans have this potential to be a great civilization and to really li live up to these great, strong, idealistic uh, standards, um, but we just don't, don't seem to actually be able to do it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really wish Star Trek was real, but... Uh, it is interesting to get a look into how it was created and how it was written. Uh, Next Generation, Voyager, DS9, uh, Enterprise, um, and the movies, of course. Um, and to kind of have the curtain revealed and to have it revealed that, oh gee, it's, you know, the process to make it was not pretty. Um, even though the results were pretty, uh, the process to make it wasn't pretty. Um, and that really... You know, it, it's kind of like the first time you learned that movies weren't real, um, or the first time you saw pictures of a set that you really liked, be it a sitcom or Star Trek or whatever, to see that it's a set, to see that it's not real. You know, your parents can tell you, oh, 
you know, when you're a little kid, obviously, your parents can tell you, yeah, you know, the TV show isn't real. But when you're a kid, all you see is what's on the TV screen. You know, you don't see that it's not real. Um, but then, you know, if you see pictures of a set or if you uh, watch a sitcom taping, which I've done, uh, or if you, um, you know, actually get to tour a set, uh, something like that, and to see that it's not real, um, that really, it, it ruins it. And, um, you know, I guess it's akin to realizing that Santa Claus isn't real or ruining some other fantasies that we all would like to believe in. Um, it's pretty soul-crushing. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't continue to strive to be better. Um, and I think, you know, I strive to make myself a better person on a daily basis, I think. Um, and, you know, I think that we as a civilization, as a society, can make ourselves better. We just have to work at it. So just because... You know, it sounds like Rottenberry wasn't a perfect guy does not mean that his ideas weren't good. So, um, but it is interesting to get that perspective. Um, and I would recommend that book. Of course, you have to remember that there's bias here. People could be bitter. People could have miscommunicated. Uh, it does sound like the first couple years writing for Next, next Generation were absolute hell. So, who knows what caused that, what the factors were. Uh, I'm just glad the results were um, good um, because, like I said, to me, Next Generation is absolute gold and you can't touch it. So, anyway, um, moving on to other topics, um, I've been thinking a little bit about the conundrum, my generation's conundrum of we can't hire you because you have no experience um, and you wonder, well, where can I get experience if not on the job? Um, and you kind of scratch your head, and of course that leads to the grad school thing. Um, and that feeds into my ideas um, recently, of course, about psychology. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've been doing the mentoring thing still. Um, and it's been kind of touch and go. Um, my, uh, you know, there's... You know, we're working through some stuff, my mentor, mentee, and I. Um, and, you know, it's it's a process. Um, and, you know, one minute I think I'm getting the concept of it, and I think I'm making progress, and then, um, you know, it takes a couple steps back, and I think that's inherent in any uh, human interaction. Um, and, uh, it, it really is an interesting process. Um, I don't doubt that with the right training I could become a psychologist. I have no doubt that I am capable of it. Um, I, you know, don't know how well I would do in grad school. Um, I don't know if I could, uh, rise to the writing requirements, um, that are there. Um, but of course the biggest barrier is money and having, you know, you know, only having a two year renewal for disability, that means my loans won't, won't be forgiven. So, um, you know, financially it's no longer a possibility, which is really frustrating, which leads me back in that, you know, conundrum of, well, I don't have any experience, so I can't get hired anywhere. 
And, you know, how do you get experience without getting, without having any experience? It's a conundrum. You can't do it. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, I've been out of college for 10 years almost. Um, you know, that's far enough out of college to where you can't go back. You know, you can't get an internship. Um, you know, California State Colleges won't allow you to get a second bachelor's, so you can't do that. Um, it's really... A frustrating um, untenable trap um, and I've been co given comfort because um, I recently saw a post on Facebook from a friend and they're having that problem too so you know it's a generational problem as I say and I know I'm not uh, the only one in this situation but it's a really frustrating situation to be in um, and of course I've talked about this before but you know there's a whole swath of people in my generation that are going back to get to get grad degrees and that's great that's awesome I you know I think that's an accomplishment I think that's adapting and rising to the challenge um, but by the same token if everybody starts getting grad degrees then it becomes an employment requirement to have a grad degree but soon enough having a grad degree alone won't be enough to distinguish you from the pack um, and that you know that means that the the market is still going to run into trouble you're still going to have that problem of we can't hire you don't you don't have enough experience well i can't get experience cuz nobody will hire me um that doesn't solve the problem i don't know what will solve the problem um the only thing i can think of to solve the problem is to hold a revolution and uh change the employment dynamics because really i've seen memes about this and it's true um we're not in a world that lacks things that need doing. Uh, we are in a world that is very particular about things that need doing that uh, come with pay. There's a lot of things that need doing that don't come with pay. Um, I think this podcast is one of them, uh, personally, but that's my personal perspective on it. Um, and biased perspective on it, obviously. So, um, you know, I don't know what the solution is. I just know that, you know, the system that we have is not ideal and it has its problems. Um, and I, I see a lot of people that are stuck in the problem arena. Um, and I'm included in that group. Um, um, some other things that have come up, um, our local, um, kind of uh, low-income housing uh, advocacy group uh, called Chat Chico Housing Action Team, I believe is the acronym. Um, they are holding their safe space winter shelter again. So if you're um, in the Chico, California area, um, that is a volunteer opportunity. You can go and volunteer at these nice nightly shelters. Uh, throughout the winter months and help take care of Chico's homeless population, ever-growing homeless population, it would seem. Um, and that's something that needs doing. Uh, the homeless issue in Chico has definitely skyrocketed, and I think it's skyrocketed in smaller communities throughout the U.S. Uh, due to that job problem that I was just talking about. Um, and I, again, that's a situation where I don't know the solution um, outside of having a revolution and going towards a more socialistic system. Um, 
but um, it is something that needs addressing, and I feel like I should be uh, volunteering for Safe Space, but I've also had uh, some rather stressful experiences with that, because um, as we've learned, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, I'm really not good with people and uh, you know customer service skills and that sort of thing, so it pushes my limits with regard to that. Um, so I'm sure I'll end up volunteering again. Um, it's just, um, it doesn't, uh, it's not a comfortable experience. Uh, speaking of a not comfortable experience, uh, I've been given, given a summons for jury duty. Um, and part of me has wanted this for a long, long time. Um, and I haven't, I've never gotten one. This is the first time I've gotten one. Um, so I don't know what the experience is going to be like. Uh, obviously I have very unique, uh, political views. Um, I don't see, uh, the, um, criminal justice system as something that is a net gain to society. Um, I think the prison and jail system, uh, is more about... Uh, producing forced labor than it is about rehabilitating anybody. Um, You look at the example of the um, inmates that uh, end up doing firefighting in the summers here in California. Um, Not only do they get low pay for their efforts um, in an absolutely harrowing job, um, they also uh, don't get to put it uh, on their resume, they can't go out and, you know, after they finish their sentence, uh, go work for a fire department because their inmates, or they, they've served time, they're, uh, criminals. Um, there's a better word for that, but I can't think of, think of it at the top of my head. Um, felons may be a better word. Um, so because of that, um, they can't get uh, firefighting jobs, which is really unfortunate because there is an example of getting prime, primo experience. Um, they get really good experience fighting these fires. They're valuable assets to the community because this, serv- this program has a valuable um, benefit to the community, um, but they don't get paid the way they should, um, and they... Um, don't get to put it down on their resume, um, and use it towards becoming firefighters, and I think that's a real problem. Um, and again, you know, I don't know the solution to these things, but I know that these things are, are big problems and they need to be addressed. So, um, again, it seems to be, you know, that you look at, you know, John Lennon's vision for the world and Gene Rottenberry's uh, vision for the world, and you would think, you know, those are really attractive things, um, but it goes back to, well, they are really attractive things, but are they obtainable, and, you know, um, where did these come from? Who are these people (laughs) uh, to have these ideas? They don't really mesh well. So, I don't know... um, where to go with this, um, you know, I don't know what I've learned, I've just, um, I've just gained some interesting insight, and we continue to have struggles, um, and, you know, it's, it's a tough world, it's really a tough world out there, and, um, I'm just doing my best to, uh, make it in this world, and I'll keep reporting, 
Um, in the meantime, if you have feedback for me, N-I-C-N-A-C-J-A-K at gmail.com. And uh, till next time, stay safe, stay sane. Happy railroading. Happy landings. Bye. <laughs>